Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Free speech is under assault like never before. Freedom is under attack more now than ever before. Because radical doesn't mean crazy. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. With the help of the media, big tech, and the global elite, the left is attempting to seize control of my generation. It's time to fight back. It's time to let freedom ring. Hello, everybody. How are we doing? It is Monday. Uh, normally, I tell you the dogs win, but unfortunately, they did not, and I have to reiterate my hate for uh, Nicholas Saban. Um, look, today, you know, well, let's just get right into it. So in my home state of Georgia, former Senator David Perdue is rumored to be running for governor of Georgia. Again, I think it's pretty likely. Um, I've known about this for a few weeks, but he was supposed to announce months announce months ago, and now he's... Uh, apparently looking to announce. Um, and I think it's going to be a very, very good race. I mean, I'm looking at polling data from, I believe it was August, that uh, Trump Trump's poll had him. Um, and according to 500 likely primary voters, which was conducted August 11th and 12th, 24% strongly approved of Kemp, while 74% among registered among the same, uh, a fraction of the 74% figure Trump registered. Trump had a 74% strongly approve. 27% disapproved. Only 5% of Trump voters disapproved. 93% of people approved of Trump compared to 69% for Kemp. Now, in a hypothetical, hypothetical primary matchup, Politico found that Kemp would lead Purdue and a number of other challengers, but he would not have a majority. But here is what my thought is first off, you know, I supported Brian Kemp since I've supported him since 2018. There are a few things uh, that he has done as governor that I do not support that I, that I wouldn't have done if I was governor, you know, starting, I think with the Kelly Loeffler nomination, I wouldn't necessarily have done that. Um, But he did it. And as we saw, it was a bad choice. And I think if he could go back and change it, he probably would change it. 
Now, with that being said, there are also the issues of the election. Now, Kemp has been very strong that he does not believe there was voter fraud happening. And he says, if you think there are voter fraud, take it to a court, which is a stance that he is taking. Now, David Perdue, on the other hand, the one main difference that David Perdue has over Brian Kemp is he has called for Brad Raffensperger to resign. He has called for there to be a forensic audit of the 2020 election. And I think that's really what could boost him over the top. Because no matter who you support in this race, and I'm not going to tell you who I support, but no matter who you support in this race, you got to understand that there is one goal at the end of the day, and that is to beat Stacey Abrams. Now, I was talking with somebody who has worked and studied Georgia politics for a good 30, 40 years, longer than, almost double the time I've been alive. And what he told me, is that a lot of people among Kemp supporters are worried about his chances to win in November, given that some number of people won't vote for Brian Kemp in November if he is the nominee because they think he was complicit in stealing the election. And I think that you have to look at the fact that most Republicans want whoever can win against Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams is you know public enemy number one amongst Georgia Republicans. Trust me, I get number a number of emails a day. So then we would look into to, to David Perdue. If you look at David Perdue while he was in the U.S. Senate, he voted with Donald Trump pretty much the most of any Republican senator. Uh, David Perdue is coined the original outsider. Now, David Perdue, I think, is a lot more popular than Brian Kemp. I, I personally believe that. Now, popularity doesn't always equate with voting in the voting booth. Because I would say that when you polled people, if whether, you know, if you polled somebody in 2019, for instance, right? Do you like David Perdue? Do you like Donald Trump? It's not a mutually, ex- or sorry, do you like David Perdue? Do you like Brian Kemp? It's not a mutually exclusive idea. Because at the time, one was a U.S. senator, one was a governor. So you can like them both, right? You could have liked Johnny Isaacson and David Perdue. But I think that there is a lingering thought going, th- in fact, I know there's a lingering thought going throughout Georgia GOP the Georgia GOP, the voters, and the activists that really start to wonder whether or not Brian Kim can win in November. Because we can all agree that some percentage, and I can tell you this firsthand, some percentage of Republicans will not vote for Brian Kemp in 2022. Some percentage. Now, if that percentage is half a percent, Brian Kemp could win. If that percentage is somewhere in the neighborhood of 10%, which I don't think is necessarily... Out of, I don't think that's necessarily out of question. Well, it's really hard to win. I think only a Democrat in Kansas or Oklahoma that was, that ten percent of the Republicans did not vote for them could win. So it starts to get very interesting because who's going to win this primary battle? I don't know. Because on one hand, you have what is called the Purdue Network that will obviously support David Perdue. It's the Purdue Network. Started by his his cousin, Sonny Perdue, when he won the governorship for the first time, really in history, that a Republican won the governorship in twenty twenty two or in 2002, 20 years ago. So you will start to run into these questions. Now, Brian Kemp has rolled out a list of probably 100 uh, state legislature members and probably another 100 county commissioners who endorse him. He's rolled out a sheriff list of people who endorse him for, to run. But keep in mind, that was when, that was when Brian Kemp's only known, uh, only known challengers 
were Candace Taylor and Vernon Jones. Vernon Jones obviously being the Democrat turned Republican to run for this governorship. Candace Taylor being the former Senate candidate. So there's a very good question. Because my biggest question that I've asked a lot of the people who work on Kemp's team is what is your message to people who vote for Vernon, vote for Candace, vote for somebody else in the primary going forward? And they don't really have a good answer for that. Because that is a significant base that will that are very uh, that love Candace Vernon. A lot of people think that David Perdue is not popular in this state because he uh, because he he objected to the certification of the election that he has called the 2020 election into question. I don't think that's fair because as it has been shown, David Perdue I think is still very popular. Now, obviously, there's no polling data out because he just announced he was running yesterday. But I think you start to look at it and you start to wonder, can David Perdue outseat Brian Kemp? Can David Perdue beat Brian Kemp at a primary? I don't think it's a, as straightforward answer as you think. David Perdue being one of the most popular Georgia Republicans and Brian Kemp being the sitting governor who does enjoy a decent popularity amongst Republicans, you start to wonder... And I think that no matter your opinion on this moving forward, what's really important is keeping Stacey out of the governor's mansion in 2022. Because Stacey Abrams will do a number of terrible things. So I, if I had to make a guess now, I would say that this goes to a runoff, obviously with, with David and Brian. And it gets really, quite, it gets really, really interesting because does the networks that, that Sonny and David Perdue have worked for two decades to build, who do those networks support? Because if you don't know how Brian Kemp, you know, got to the level he did, Sonny Perdue, which a lot of people did not like at the time, put him, appointed him to be Secretary of State while he was running for Secretary of State about six months before the election and talking to many old school GOP consultants, they don't think he would have won that election without that appointment. Again, I was seven at the time, eight at the time. I have no idea. And I'm probably going to get flack for this video and, and, and on this on the podcast because you know I'm not going to tell you overwhelmingly who I'm going to vote for. That's the great thing about Georgia law is I get the privacy to vote for who I'm going to vote for. However, I am very interested in looking into this. But I do think one thing that's going to be a problem is a lot of war chests on Republican and Democratic sides are going to be are on the Republican side are going to be spent in the primary and we won't have that money moving forward. Look, Stacey Abrams got like something like 75, 80% of the primary vote last time. She spent like 5% of her money in the primary. So it's going to be very interesting to see moving forward. But I want you guys to let me know what you think. Do you think that David Perdue can outseat Brian Kemp as the Republican nominee? Do you think that Brian Kemp will hold on? Do you think that Vernon Jones, Candace Taylor, Jonathan Garcia, do you think one of these people are going to win? Let me know. Email me noah at noahring.org or comment down below who you think is going to win. I am proud to be sponsored by Doing Well Daily. Doing Well Daily is everything you need to be productive in the new year. Look, do you have a college student that you need to buy for? Maybe even a loved one who always is unorganized. Doing Well Daily created a journal, daybook, whatever you want to call it, specifically for you. Look, I've been prone to this to start something, to start uh, a planner. I've probably bought dozens of planners in my life, but when I got my Doing Well Daily Daybook in the mail, I knew something was different. It feels authentic. It feels high quality 
for a low cost. Go over to doingwelldaily.com and show support. They're a small uh, business owned and operated right out of Atlanta, Georgia. They're not some mega, mega corporation. They don't ship on Amazon, but they do ship by hand. That is doingwelldaily.com. Whenever you can find a business that will support a conservative podcast and influencer like myself, make sure you support them, doingwelldaily.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So things just continue to get worse and worse for Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo was uh, put on suspension indefinitely by CNN. Um, and after that suspension, he was put, um, he, he was then fired. Now it's coming out that there are sexual misconduct allegations against the former liar in chief at CNN. Now, again, I, I have said that we should let the facts bear it out. And just because I personally do not like Chris Cuomo does not mean that he is necessarily um, guilty of this. You know, unlike Democrats, when I say that I want there to be investigations, I, I truly support investigations. So this is over the Daily Wire by Ryan Savidra. A former CNN host Chris Cuomo responded on Sunday to sexual misconduct allegations that were made against him last week by denying that they were true. Cuomo was fired from the network on Saturday evening after it, had been, after it launched an investigation into the role that he played in defending his brother, then New York Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo, in a sexual misconduct scandal that ultimately led to his downfall. Now, CNN said in a statement that during the course of its investigation, Chris Cuomo, quote, additional information came to light that the network would continue to investigate the allegations, even though Chris Cuomo is no longer with the network. Now, Deborah Katz, a left-wing attorney, said on Sunday that she contacted CNN last Wednesday to inform them that women, that women had came forward to say that Chris Cuomo had sexually harassed her while at another news network. Cuomo's representative responded to the allegations in a statement on Sunday saying, quote, these apparently anonymous allegations are not true. To the extent that they were sent to CNN to negate what Chris Cuomo told his audience, he fully stands by his on-air statements about his connection to these issues, both professionally and in a profound personal way. So here's what's interesting, right? You will not see a lot of people on the left coming to defend him. You won't. You won't see a lot of people on the left coming to um, at, coming to uh, say that these are true, and you won't see a lot of people coming to say that these are false. And let me tell you why. The left is very smart about walking away from things. They walk away from things that they don't have to be tied into, which is a very smart idea. If you don't have to be tied to something, why would you be tied to something? It's, it, it's something that I truthfully think the Republicans should do, right? But unfortunately, here's what's going to happen. These are going to be washed under the rug, and this lady... Is never we're never going to figure out whether or not Chris Cuomo is not only a liar, but also a sexual predator. I mean, we know he's a liar. That's you know, that's as good as as law that it's written that he's obviously a liar. But unfortunately, it will not come to fruition, which I think is a disgrace. Now, I want to get into uh, Ron DeSantis because 
Ron DeSantis is the presumptive 2024 nominee if Donald Trump doesn't win for a reason. DeSantis proposes reviving Florida State Guard, a civilian force not encumbered by the federal government. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is proposing a revival of the Florida State Guard after it was dissolved in 1947. DeSantis announced a $3.5 million proposal on Thursday to resurrect the civilian military force first used during World War II as the National Guards were depleted due to the war effort. It would become the 23rd state with a state guard. The Florida State Guard would be, quote, not encumbered by the federal government, DeSantis said in a press conference. He said the civilian force would give him, quote, the flexibility and ability needed to respond to events in our state in the most effective way possible. Now, let me tell you why this is smart and any other state that doesn't have it should get it. Because what is the number one thing that the National Guard does, right? You know, it's two week, uh, a week and a month, two weeks a year. So the number one thing that they do is hurricanes, is some sort of natural disasters, is, you know, civil unrest. That's the number one thing they do. But this gives Ron DeSantis the ability to tell the federal government, screw you, you're not going to come and force, you know, our citizens to be vaccinated because, you know, there is some recourse that Ron DeSantis has being that he is in the chain of command for Florida, Florida State National Guard. He's the commander in chief of the Florida State uh, National Guard, whether it's Air Guard or Army Guard. But there's not a lot because a lot of the funding for that does come from the national from the federal government. So what he's doing here is what I think you'll probably soon see is that people, because they want to serve their community, because um, they, they will join the state guard instead of joining the national guard because most people who join the national guard join join so out of i want to serve my fellow people but also this is a way to get necessarily free college without having to be active duty um which, which at the same time even signing that blank check to the government saying that i'm willing to die for my fellow man is something that i overwhelmingly respect and something that you know if it wasn't for medical issues i would currently be doing right now I overwhelmingly respect that. But the reason he's going to be the 2022 nominee is because he responds. Now, this is kind of getting into the last segment. A lot of people, myself included, when 2018 happened, I thought that Ron DeSantis would be the rhino and that someone like Brian Kemp would be doing what Ron DeSantis is doing. Now, I'm not in any way saying that Brian Kemp has been a terrible governor. I'm not at all saying that, but what I am saying is that we in Georgia would like him to be like his, his governor neighbor to the South. You know, Ron DeSantis has, and even though they get struck down by the courts, Ron DeSantis has gone to bat time after time after time for the people of Florida. And I, and I asked somebody um, who works close with Ron DeSantis about this. I said, what, you know, what, what's going on in Florida to have Ron DeSantis, you know, go to bat against the radical left, if you will. And what they'd said me, told me was kind of interesting. He said that what Ron DeSantis pretty much said when all this COVID nonsense started was that if I do something and it gets struck down by the court and it doesn't go into effect or I don't do anything at all, it's the same result. When you think about it, that's overwhelmingly true. If Ron DeSantis goes to bat and let's say, you know, he defunds schools that enforce vaccine and mask mandates, for instance, right? 
if he goes forward with that, uh, something that has been um, has been upheld by the court systems, we got what we wanted. Kids will not have a mask or a vaccine mandate, right? But if he does it and it gets struck down and schools can enforce a vaccine or a mask mandate on their kids, it's the same result as if he just sat in the governor's mansion and did nothing. So I think that's very telling that Ron DeSantis would rather go to war and would rather fight for his constituents. And if it gets struck down, it gets struck down, then do nothing at all. That's something I respect an, an awful lot because as we saw during the pandemic, (laughs) it matters who your governor is, you know, to a certain extent, it matters who your mayor is, but it really matters who your governor is. This is something that Brian Kemp, I, I applauded him so much when he did it. He had a policy really early on in the pandemic that a city, first off, that, that, that a city could not enforce a mask mandate. And then he walked that back saying that cities could enforce mask mandates, but businesses had the right to say, no, you, I don't want this. You can't do this. No. A move that I still to this day think might be his best policy yet dealing with COVID. That individual businesses have the choice whether or not they want to abide by draconian me- measures. Something I, I think, again, is probably the best thing he has done as governor. Because it gave many businesses a way out of listening to the, the governments in Atlanta and Savannah and the other wildly left-leaning cities in Georgia. Georgia really is a red state by proportion. But unfortunately, we, li- we have a bunch of cities that vote overwhelmingly blue. So why should these cities have to be dictated by, why should the, the, the good God-fearing Americans in these cities have to, be, have to be dictated by? That to me is why I think Ron DeSantis is the nominee if Trump doesn't run. I need you to head over to built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T.com. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. These last couple of months, I have been working out more than I can tell you. I've been trying to get my beach body ready. That way I can look good on the beach next year or just in general. And I think you and I could always benefit from more protein. That is why I was ecstatic when built.com reached out to me and offered to sponsor this show. They sent me a bunch of free merchandise and a bunch of free protein bars. And I must tell you, even though they were free, which is my favorite type of protein bar, they were delicious. They all I eat, even if they quit sponsoring the show, they will be all that I eat. My favorite bar is probably the double chocolate. However, the coconut marshmallow is a new bar. Delicious. Blueberry muffin. Delicious. Mint brownie. Delicious. So I need you to head on over to built.com. And when you do, you're going to need to put in the code. Let freedom ring. That's L E T F R E E D O M R I N G.com. When you do that, you will get 12% off your order. Again, built.com, B-U-I-L-T.com, promo code, let freedom ring. They're a good company that definitely all of this stuff is stuff that I would recommend to my friends and family. In fact, I do. So make sure you go over and give them a try. So one uh, interesting update that I that I saw is that the parents of the uh, school shooter from Michigan have, have been charged, and I think they're, they've actually been brought into um, custody, which I it's very interesting to me. I'll, I'll be interested to see what they're charged with. Um, but I, I want to play this ad uh, that Donald Trump put out. Donald Trump, I'm telling you, I might want to send him an invoice because I play his ads all the time on this for free. So, so listen to this. 
Um, he put out this ad. It's called uh, Joe Biden Stole Christmas instead of The Grinch Stole Christmas. So listen to this. It says Biden's Nightmare Before Christmas. Shortage. The best advice for toy shoppers, ask your kids to be flexible. The supply chain crisis making it harder to get toys and gifts under the Christmas tree this year. Biden facing a nightmare come Christmas time. White House now warning American shoppers they won't be able to get key items like popular toys for Christmas. Gifts are going to cost you a fortune. Joe Biden stole Christmas. Save America by Donald J. Trump. That is, that's pretty great. And I think that this is going to lead to more red waves come next year because Joe Biden has led to an economy where there is, it's harder to get Christmas gifts. Like it's always been hard to get Christmas gifts, right? Like Black Friday is crazy and I never go Black Friday. I'm more of a Cyber Monday if I do. Um, But I guess I want to spend this segment with why Joe Biden is such a terrible president, which I guess is really what I spend my entire podcast on. Um, So, so listen to, listen to what Jen Psaki uh, said uh, so Jen Psaki is talking about why freedom is so important to Republicans it is a bit of a longer clip you got to listen to this yeah Jen thank you um, Germany has decided that unvaccinated people should not be allowed to go in to public places um, that may be a great way to incentivize people to be vaccinated uh, let's assume that would not fly in this country let me ask this the serious part of the question really is there seems to be no matter what this 27, 30% of the population, the eligible population, that refuses to be vaccinated for a variety of reasons. It's a little lower than that. I mean, more than 82% of people have received their first dose. But what makes the president think that this new winter initiative of trying to get people to get vaccinated, what makes it, what makes him feel confident that that's going to work on those people who absolutely refuse to be vaccinated? Well. First, we know what works. Uh, I would re- remind you that almost a year ago, only about 30% of eligible adults. So there they are talking about, you know, why Republicans, you know, favor freedom over getting vaccinated, right? And and here's the thing. The overwhelming, overwhelming majority of Americans are vaccinated. 82%, I think she saw, said, have at least one dose. You know, like I said, like I've said many times, get vaccinated if you want to. Don't get vaccinated if you don't want to. And I'll defend your right not to have to get vaccinated. However... Republicans favor freedom because our founding fathers favored freedom. Freedom is the ability. Democrats also favor freedom all the time when Republicans are in control. And the left is starting to realize exactly what is going on because here's Trevor Noah, somebody who isn't, you know, first off, I, I don't think he's a citizen, but he, he you know, he, he's an implant. None the left, none the, nonetheless, and I'm looking up right now, um, but he, you know, he came to this country from he, he tell you know one of the first things I saw of Trevor Noah because I I like um, I I enjoy personally I enjoy the ability to uh, I enjoy comedy and so one of the first things I saw was him you know talking about the apartheid something that is a tyrannical was tyrannical and was terrible and if you don't know what the apartheid is basically in South Africa blacks and whites could not you know medical or sorry sorry interracial couples and marriage and everything was, was illegal. So here's Trevor Noah talking um, about, uh, about this new vaccine. Hmm. So on the one hand, almost all the Omicron cases have been mild so far. But on the other hand, 
the guy who stands to gain millions of dollars from new vaccines says we need new vaccines. Huh. If we don't make a new vaccine, this disease could be with us Ferrari. I mean, forever. Sorry, I was thinking of something else. Now, look, I'm not saying that the CEO of Moderna is lying. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, I don't think he's the most objective source on this topic. Even if Trevor Noah understands something, it's not hard to understand. Trevor Noah is somebody who I think used to be funny before he got political. And personally, when it comes to people like Trevor Noah and John Oliver, people who are not Americans um, in the sense, again, I do not believe either of them have citizenship. They very well could. I'm not saying that if you immigrate here, you're not an American. Um, and if they have citizenship, they're an American. But people who come to this country who escape countries, you know, obviously John Oliver came from the UK, a country that used to be free, but now, as you can tell, just is not free, who come to this country and then talk so bad about America and talk so bad about freedom. Well, if it was so bad, why didn't you stay in South Africa? Why didn't you stay in the UK? But even Trevor Noah, who is somebody who is not conservative in the slightest, is starting to say, well, wait a minute. If the only person who is touting this, this booster, this new vaccine, a new vaccine, is the people who stand to gain financially from this vaccine. Hmm. That'd be like the person who says, you know, the, the, the CEO of Walmart, yeah, the, some or the owners of Walmart, some, some, a member of the Walton family says something along the lines of, yeah, it's crazy. Did you guys hear what Amazon's doing? Like, nah, you're their biggest competitor, so Maybe I can't trust you. Maybe I can't trust a hundred percent of what you're saying. So it's very telling when somebody like Trevor Noah says something like this. Because Trevor Noah speaks to, you know, probably millions of people a night. And this clip's been shared, obviously, a lot by the left and right because he's doubting, you know, whether or not vaccines work or whether or not we need them, I should say. Uh, you, start to, you start to wonder what's going to happen. You start to wonder what's going to happen moving forward. Now, I, I do want to take a last couple of minutes of the segment before we have to go into break you know i want to send my condolences to bob dole and his family he passed away yesterday at the age of like 98 years old so i want whatever health care he had but i want to take a second to seriously you know he was somebody who i think really transformed the republican party again he was the nominee back uh the vice presidential nominee i believe uh if i'm not wrong it was like 92 maybe um he, he was the nominee and he was <coughs> he was somebody who i i think I wish there could be more people like him. I mean, he served the country in World War II, um, and he was the stalwart of the Senate. He very early on backed Donald Trump for president. Um, and I think that he's somebody who, quite frankly, is the epitome of what it means to be an American. You know, you come up from a humble, humble, humble upbringing. You work hard. You work to make a country that you love better, and you successfully do so. He is somebody who I think I wish there were a hundred more of, you know, somebody who reminds me of a lot of Johnny Isaacson, the former Senator from Georgia who somehow, and something that I don't think we'll see happening much more moving forward. Uh, it's kind of like Joe Manchin, somebody who, you know, keep in mind, Johnny was in a Republican state, but he somehow seemed to win by the biggest margins. Now Joe Manchin being in West Virginia, a very, very red state somehow continues to keep winning. So I think it's interesting. And I want to send my thoughts and prayers to the family of Bob Dole. Um, he is somebody, you know, he, uh, it was very emotional. Um, 
two, three years ago when he stood up and saluted George H.W. Bush at his funeral. And Bob Dole was probably like 95, 96 at the time. Um, it's very, you know, crazy to say the least. All right. And joining us. I am proud to be sponsored by Patriots Craftsman. Patriots Craftsman is the leading American made patriotic decoration company. You can get pens, you can get coasters, you can get motivational signs, you can get door hangers, you can get everything. I mean, right now I'm on their website right here and I see a USA door hanger 13 by 23 for $46. And they have it set up where you can pay in payments. If you can't afford that all at once, they are a great company to support because not only are they a conservative company, which means they support your conservative ideals. You don't have to worry about them canceling people like you and I, because as you and I know, it's really hard to get conservatives uh, sponsored in this day and age, in the age of cancel culture. Everything is made in America. Everything is American made, and it's, it has American values of hard work instilled into it. And if you don't know, if, you're, if your loved ones would want something, you can definitely get them a gift card. If you use code NOAH, that's 10% off. That's patriotscraftman.com. Now, I think something that we are going to see moving forward, again, my code on Patriots Craftsmen um, is good for 20%, I think up to the 17th, maybe the 21st. Uh, it's good for 20%. I, I will check that out for you, make sure I know exactly when it is um, extra for. So I think one thing that we're going to see moving forward is that Democrats are starting to realize whew, 2022 is going to be a very, very big wave for the Republican Party. It's going to be a wave um, that you know could give Republicans control of the U.S. Senate for you know years to come, right? I mean, Senate senators serve for six-year terms, and the 2024 um, class of senators being elected are very, very, very favorable for the Republican Party. I mean, there's even a chance that Joe Manchin could be voted out of office, depending on how red of a wave it, it truthfully is. So you're starting to see them get desperate. This is over by uh, Carmine Sabia over at the Conservative Brief, somebody who I, I respect a lot. Um, and an organization I respect a lot. Democrats call for expanding the, the court as SCOTUS debates ending on Roe v. Wade. They were in a frenzy over the oral, oral arguments that were held at the Supreme Court um, about a case over a Mississippi law that bans abortion after 15 weeks, and they are renewing their calls to expand the court. Many pundits believe that the court is on the precipice of overturning Roe v. Wade after the court heard the arguments and appeared to tip their hands in the Dobbs v. Jackson Women Health Organization. Now, Representative Adam Schiff, somebody who is probably one of the dumbest members of Congress, said, quoted on December 1st, said, Today, the Supreme Court considered a case that could overturn Roe v. Wade. A conservative court would uphold precedent, but a partisan court may not. And this may be the worst, most partisan court in history. We must protect a woman's rights to choose. Minnesota Democratic T Tina Smith, Senator Tina Smith, also railed against the court, saying, What's happening today is the Supreme Court is hearing arguments for ending Roe Ro and people's freedom to get an abortion. I worked at Planned Parenthood and know what this would mean for women if the court takes this action. Led by Republican justices, it's impossible to argue they are not partisan. California Rep. Ju Judy Chu also called on Congress to pass the Judiciary Act, which would expand the number of seats on the Supreme Court, saying, thanks to Republican court packing, our Supreme Court, first off, not we did not pack the court. Our Supreme Court has been manipulated to protect GOP political goals, not our Constitution, from bodily autonomy to voting rights. And there's only one solution. We need to pass the Judiciary Act to expand the court and restore fairness. Uh, Ed Markey, you know, terrible person, said nine, not a terrible person, but just not very smart. Nine is not a magic number. 
Senior legal editor for Slate, Dahlia Lithwick, breaks down why we can't wait for the far-right Supreme Court to erode our rights and then have a conversation about what we might have done. We have to talk about expanding the court now, Senator Ed Markey said. A reminder that two of the six far-right justices preparing to overturn Roe v. Wade are sitting in stolen seats. Abortion is health care. We must expand the court, New York Rep. Rep. Mondaire Jones said. Massachusetts Democrat Senator Elizabeth Warren took a different tack. Instead of calling on the Senate to end the filibuster so that Congress could codify abortion laws, saying one by one, the Republican appointed justices came before the Senate and promised they'd respect precedent. They would respect settled law. Well, Roe v. Wade has been law for 50 years, so let's see that respect. But we can't wait. We must end the filibuster so we can codify Roe. In April, Jerry Nadler said the same thing, that we need to expand it. Now, let's talk for a minute. So Democrats can't have it both ways. There can't be two stolen seats under what they're saying. Because what they're saying is Neil Gorsuch, who replaced Antonin Scalia, um, was replaced in 2017, but uh, Merrick Garland, who I'm glad he's not on the Supreme Court now, that guy is radical, was not given that vote on election year. So you can either say that one seat is stolen or none because he wasn't given a seat in an election year. But flash forward two years later, and Amy Coney Barrett was. So either Republicans didn't have the right to confirm, uh, to not confirm Merrick Garland in an election year, confirm it the next year, um, and confirm Neil Gorsuch, and that seat's stolen, but then Republicans had the right to confirm Amy Coney Barrett. Or Republicans didn't have the right to confirm Amy Coney Barrett, Therefore, there can only be one, but of course, Democrats don't make sense, but this is what they're going to try to do, and I think you'll see, even one, if they, even if they can get past the filibuster, there are a lot of Senate, Dianne Feinstein, who is probably the most senior Democrat, no, second senior Democratic senator, uh, Leahy, who has announced his retirement is, I think we'll see a lot of retirements start to come up, by the way, next year. Um, so there's not the votes to, to change that, right? And they got to be very careful. Because it's stuff like this. They wonder why America is shifting more and more right every day. It's stuff like this. Stuff like trying to increase the amount of people on the Supreme Court. Not decrease it, right? Not, not keep it the same. Trying to increase it. Right? That's what they want to do. And also, Democrats really do care about precedent because they were even kind of arguing that the Dred Scott case, which was overturned rightfully so by the Plessy v. Ferguson case, they were even arguing maybe that should have been overturned. When your entire argument is is precedent, it starts to be iffy. And I'm really personally not I'm not one of the believers that precedent should be protected at all costs. Personally, that's just not me. I, I don't agree with the idea that precedent must be protected at all costs, but some people do. That's their business. I think that precedent changes over time. And let's be honest here. If if we're able to overturn Roe v. Wade, which I think is very well possible, Democrats will be the first people saying to overturn the precedent. They'll be the first people saying that. So quite frankly, I don't want to hear the Democrats complain about precedent because they don't care about precedent. They only care about precedent when it fits their political goals. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.